told us a while ago that everything about the Christian faith is supernatural. Yes, everything sir. is supernatural. Coming from the birth of Jesus till his death, his resurrection is supernatural. So when a man receives Jesus, you are called into a supernatural lifestyle. Yes, and that's why the impossible, that God will do the impossible, should be something that, yeah, 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 it's possible. Amen. Yes. It's something that you believe. Because yes, God is in the business of doing the impossible. God raised somebody from the dead. God raised Jesus from the dead by the power of God. Amen. Amen. That God will come in the flesh. That God will come to in the flesh and dwell in the womb, so to say, for nine months. It's unthinkable. It's, it, 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 you know, it defiles the senses, so to say. And that's why it's supernatural. That's why it is called wonders. Amen. If it is, if you can bring it down to two plus two, one plus one, then it's no wonder. But if you see somebody who's a cancer patient, gets healed, somebody who has just been diagnosed, gets healed the next day, that's why it's a wonder. Yes, Are you going to try to say yes, If you see somebody that is blind, yes. and the person is seeing, and it's somebody that has been blind for years, and the person is now seeing, in the name of Jesus, that even it's a wonder, it's supernatural. Of course, you know, I've always said this, you can always trace, there's always a, and there's always an explanation at the end of God's introduction. There's always an explanation, scientific explanation. Amen. Initially, you won't be able to explain it. So that, amen. What I'm trying to say is this. Somebody that is blind now, for, for example, and you lay out the name of Jesus, and the blind first name. Now, when you now decide to now do a background check of what happened, now begin to see that stem cells and begin to, you know, it becomes, they were coming together. So things that are supposed not to happen, okay, they begin to happen. So you cannot, you will explain it. But it may not be the normal process, but just see a process happen. Are you going to say yes? It's just this one particular you know, um, what do they call this? Um, all these messengers in the body, they don't begin to gather themselves. They begin to gather themselves and begin to form cells. Somebody who never had that begin to form cells. All these cells come together. The liquid come together. And begin, ah, where are they coming from? God does the impossible. And I'm saying this for, for a reason. And I, I thank God for the, for the song that choir sang. You know, it, it tables uh, it, you know, the path for us to know something that we can lay out on God or yes, believe the impossible. Yes, Amen. Amen. And lay out on God to believe the impossible. Everything about God is supernatural. It's power. I told us a while ago, the power of course, when the blind sees, that's power. When the live walk, that's power is displayed. But beyond that, when you see a character change, it is power. Are you going to say there's something that, for example, you see somebody who has been in a particular way all his life now receives the gospel and the person changes seat. That's what I say because you know there's a, there, we have a challenge with you know people saying well you know change yourself, drop your sin and come to Jesus. That's wrong because if you can drop your sin and come to Jesus, you don't need a savior. Amen. Amen. But I, I mean I, I can't do I can by myself, so I better stay put. The reason why you because the reason because the one who comes to Jesus, okay, see, but you know what Jesus, Jesus said, they come unto me. All in that living. And of every laden. Did he say drop your is drop your laden, laden of body and come to me? That's not what he said. He said, Come unto me, all in that living and of every laden. He said, I will give you rest. Amen. He's the one who supplies rest. And that's the power we're talking about. Uh -huh. He said, I will give you rest. He didn't say, hey, uh, drop your body, drop your weakness, drop your, you don't need to be hypocritical in front of, in front of God. You don't yes. need to form. Yes. Amen. When it comes to God, you don't need to form. Yes, you come as you are indeed, yes. for he supplies you rest. Yes. Amen. He supplies you rest. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. He supplies you rest. He supplies you with the ability. The guy who's been body all his life, who couldn't drop the body, but now comes to Jesus, he now receives rest. He's not the one that made the rest. He received the rest. Are you 
receive it from him. Hallelujah. I receive rest. I receive rest. That's what happens sometimes now. We're always trying. We're always trying. What try? Try. You don't need to try. You just need to receive. Glory to God. You just receive all the risk that He has provided. And it is power. It's power. The disciples said, Don't go out. In Acts 1, he said, don't go out until you are endued with power from on, from on high. He said, don't go out, don't step out. Because he, they just, Jesus just resurrected. And he just finished doing 40 days teaching with them. You know, see, if you spend 40 days teaching with Jesus after resurrection, after resurrection, after resurrection, somebody is coming from resurrection and is bringing you the mystery of hell. What he just did in hell and what is happening in the spirit. For three and a half years, for good three and a half years, he was with them. I I hope you know that. That three and a half years, he was with them, and all the things he taught them for three and a half years, you know, they were based on what they could understand. Because they were not yet regenerated. In John 16, 12, put it up. John 16, 12, look at what Jesus said there. John 16, 12. Help me out quickly. John 16, 12, Jesus said, I have, see, he's speaking to the disciples, he said, I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. Amen. Just imagine that Jesus was with them. He said, huh, guys? All the things he was saying to them, they were still asking questions. Ha. He said, I'm with the Father. The Father is in me. Ha. Hey. Hey. Master. You know, he said, he told the Kodemo, he said, you must be born again. I said, ah, born again? Will I go back to my mother's house? See, Supernatural things. The way he was thinking was different. He said, he said, you know, you must be born again. He said, will I go back to my mother's womb? He said, ah, Jesus told him, I love Jesus. He said, ah, are you not a teacher of the law? And you don't know these things? The guy said, ha. What he told them, even despite the things he told them that they couldn't bear, those things, self, they still couldn't bear it. Are you going to try? They still couldn't bear it enough. That's why you would see what Peter said in Acts 10. He said, then remembered I the word of the Lord. Remember? In Acts 11. Is it Acts 11 or Acts 12? Acts 10, Acts 10. Acts 10, after he was in Colonial's house, while he was still preaching, talking to them, the Holy Ghost fell on Colonial's family, and they were, they were filled the Holy Ghost and started talking to them. He said, then remembered I the word of the Lord. After how many years? You, I hope you know that. It's not sequential. It's not like, okay, next day. Uh, chapter 1 is next day. Chapter 2 is next day. Acts chapter 3 is not all day. Are you going to say, yeah, it's sequential. After years. We are looking at about seven to ten years here. He said, then remember that I the word of the Lord after good ten years. Are you, are you following me here, everybody? That thing that Jesus told them, they couldn't even bear it. After resurrection, Jesus spent extra 40 days. Act one, look at it. Act one, go there. He spent extra 40 days teaching them. Act and chapter one. It is important, you know, some people, somebody asked me a while ago, said, why would Jesus spend extra, you know, um, you know, some may ask, why would Jesus spend extra 40 days? It's important because adapt. See, let me see. Let me, let me, everybody listen. 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 You see, the, the, the one who is not born of God, are we together? The one who has not received Jesus in their heart. There are certain things that they can understand. But now, and what makes a man saved is the fact that he believed that Jesus died and that God rose him up. So, evidently, Jesus just came out of the grave. So, all the disciples saw him. So, by seeing him, amen. It means that what? If, of course, you know it's not one person that saw him. The Bible said many infallible proofs. Many infallible proofs. The problem we have is because all these things happened about 2,000 years ago. And, you know, if it, I told us before, if it happened yesterday, last week, Nigerian president was in Imo State. How many, how many of you are aware of that? You are aware? For those that follow me, some people cannot say that. They ever said they are aware. So people say that they won't say you are not current. They will say you are not current. Amen. At least last year, last year we were on lockdown because of COVID. Is it true? You know why? You know why you can remember now? Because you were last year you experienced it. After 10, 50 years, uh, one, 1,000 years from now. And some people say uh, uh, COVID happened 1,000 years ago. Say, Maybe. Amen. Because, you know, sometimes when you are not, you know, you are not close to the time, you sometimes you lose the, you don't want to, you know, value whatever, you know. That's why we say verbal communication is 
not sustainable. When you when you communicate something, say, tell them that you know. Have you seen those experiments when people will line up and they tell somebody say something to somebody's ear uh, and the person whisper whisper before you know it, what did you say? The first person will say something else. He may say God. This one is saying monkey. You know what I say? <laughs> At the end, are we together? Are you following everybody here? So, but the Bible says for many with many infallible proofs. Okay, look at that. Act one. Look at it. This is not the message, but you know, of course, we are going to be having a series. He says, Act one. He said, the former treatise have I made of Theophilus of all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day in which he was taken up. After that, he through the Holy Ghost had given commandment unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them 40 days. So, after resurrection, he was with them. He saw them, what they saw him for how many days? And speaking of what? Of things pertaining to the kingdom of God. So, now, so this is what Jesus, after 40 days, Jesus, for 40 days after resurrection, he was, you know, talking, to the, he was talking things pertaining to the kingdom of God to the disciples. My own point is that what are the things he's saying in 40 days that I couldn't have said in three and a half years? Because it's important. Are we together here? It's important. But when he told them, he said, this is my point. Everybody listen. He said, don't go out until you are in deal with power. Because it's that power. He said, then you'll be able to be an effective witness. Both in Judea, Jerusalem, and to the other power. So power is important. The gospel is power. What we are saying now, look at everybody listening up. What I am saying now, it's not see. I, there are two kinds of knowledge. Amen. There is head knowledge and revelational knowledge. As I'm saying it, whether my you know English is correct or not correct, if a revelational knowledge is in it, it is supplied with power and causes a change. Are we together, everybody? But even if your diction is right, your lexicon or whatever you're saying is right, and it's not revelation, it is just sense knowledge. Your head is just going to be big. You're just going to receive information and that's all. And you are going to live the same way you came. What changes a man is revelation and knowledge. Why? Because it comes with power. Amen. It comes with power. Hallelujah. Are you following me, everybody? Say power. power. I can hear you say power. Power. Say so God as the Bible says, it says, but you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you then you'll be witness unto me. The gospel is power. I have a reason why I'm going there because we're still going to out of the shadows. This power. Amen. When we say, for example, that we are now under grace, it is power. Because different, everybody has different interpretations to it. Many people have different Look at Romans 6. 6.14. Go there. Now we'll start from there. Maybe we'll go. We'll proceed from there. Romans 6. It is not, uh, okay, ah, you know, we are under grace. So, I mean, grace means second chance. No, grace does not mean second chance. Grace does, you know, in our day-to-day words, we say, well, let us give him grace. It means that let us give him second chance. Ah, somebody say, well, ah, it is grace that I'm, you know, I should have died, but grace, you know, it's not, that's not grace. Actually, that's mercy. Yeah, you get what I'm trying to say? Yeah. He said, grace. Grace is not second chance. It's just that in our day-to-day words, we use it shabbily, and we make it sound like, okay, it's another opportunity. But it's beyond that. It's not an opportunity. Grace is all that God has provided for us at the expense of Christ. But let's look at this. Look at Romans 6, Romans 6 and chapter 14. It says this. I want us to read it together, everybody. Want to go. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. Now, now look at this, look at this, everybody. You can start this, and for many of us, you may look and say, ah, this is confusing. Remember when the Bible says, in that same Romans 6, it says, shall we continue with sin that grace may abound? Are you following everybody? He said, somebody said, shall we, somebody said, shall we continue with sin that grace may abound? God forbid. The concept is not that. It's not that when we continue in sin, grace will disappear. That is not what he says. Amen. 
I repeat, are we together, everybody? He says, shall we continue with sin that grace may abound? So this is what many people say, well, ah, you know, if you continue with sin, grace will not abound because the Bible says, God forbid. So it's like, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. So it's the interpretation that what the person is thinking is this. It's God forbid that grace will abound when we continue in sin. So the, by extension, the person is saying that when a man continues in sin, grace will not, cannot abound. Are we together? But, but look, okay, let's just, before I even go back there, look at Romans, Romans 5. Amen. Are you there? Romans and chapter 5. Romans chapter 5, verse 20. I want us to read it together. Romans 5, 20. Read it together. One, seven, go. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. But where sin abounded, now, now, look at, now, look at that. So, we just read another place. Ah, ah. You know, so I say, ah, you know, Bible will say something here. I will say something here. You know, it's confusing. Bible is not confusing. You are the one confused. Now, this is it. Everybody listen up. Now, look at here. We just read this. It says, for the law entered, why? So that offense will increase. He said, where sin, that the offense, where it increases, so where we have more sins, he said, that place, we have more grace. Okay. Maybe I want to say it again. Where sin is, so I don't know what the depth of your sin may have been. The Bible says, there is much more grace. Now, look at it, and you wonder, but we just read in another place. Go back to Romans 6 now. Would the writer be saying something different? No. Look at it. Romans 6 again. Go back there. Romans 6 verse, uh, verse 1. He said, what shall we say to these things? Romans 6 1. 6 1. He said, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Now, remember he started by saying, where sin abounded, grace much more abounded. So he continued because the Bible was not written in chapters and verses. So in chapter 6 looks like, because chapter 6 looks at another, if you remove the chapters, you know, it's just one statement. You understand what I say? He had said that where sin increased, grace did much more what? Abound. So he now says, shall we continue, what shall we, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Next verse. God forbid, why? How shall we that are dead to sin? So the God forbid is in reference to the fact that how shall we that are dead to sin live in it? The reference is not to reference to... Okay. Are you following everybody here? It's not a reference to grace, um, as sin increase and grace. The point is this. When, when we receive Jesus, by the death of Jesus, the Bible, we are reckoned that we are dead with Christ. Amen. So through the death of Jesus, we died to sin. So... Because we die to sin, how can we live in it? God forbid. It's not possible. So, okay, don't, don't, get, don't get it twisted. It's simple. It's simple. Where sin abound, grace did much more abound. Why is grace abounding? It's simple. Because grace is an empowerment. Grace is empowerment. So when, okay, amen? amen. So where sin abounds, there's much more grace so that I will not be able to sin. Did you get the picture? So where sin abound, grace did much more abound. Grace, inclusive in grace, is forgiveness of sins. Inclusive in grace is empowerment. Inclusive, remember the Bible says in 1 John, he said, he said the seed of God is in us. That's grace. Grace is not one more chance. Grace is all that Christ, all that God has made available for us. At the expense of Christ. Through the death of Jesus, all that God has provided for us. So, look at it. Maybe we should keep reading. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer in it? Know you not that as many of you were baptized on Jesus, were baptized into his death? So, you've been into his death. Next verse. Therefore, we are buried with him in baptism on the death that like as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father. That's where I'm actually going. Hey, you have to follow everybody. Is that Christ? No, no, no. Hey, hey. Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father. 
so should we we also should walk in the newness of life. So this is it. It is impossible for anyone that is dead to come back to life after three good days and now went ascended up on high and was taken out of their sight. And we are expecting him to come back again. In other words, it's not like, okay, you know, this is different from Lazarus. Lazarus came back from life, but, from death, but he died again. But this man was dead for three good days, and the Bible says he was raised by the glory of the Father. You have to catch this. So he was in the grave. He was raised by the glory of the Father. It was impossible for him to, to be raised. Dead people cannot just raise like that. The body is already decaying or should be decaying. But he was raised from the dead with a glorified body and he was and ascended up on high. So in other words, the glory of the Father made the impossible to be possible. So he's saying, through that same way, so look at it. He said, just like Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so, we walk in the newness of life. So how are we walking in the newness of life? By the glory of the Father. So we are walking in the newness of life by the glory of God. That is the grace. Amen. Okay, look at it. Look at everybody. The glory of the Father is the same thing as the Holy Spirit. Remember the Bible says, it says, if the same Spirit that raised Jesus from dead. Remember? So the same Spirit raised Jesus from the flesh. We read here now. It says what? He was raised from the dead by what? The glory of the Father. The glory of... The glory of the Father is the same thing as what? The Spirit of the Father, the Holy Ghost. So Jesus said, don't go out until you are in deal with power. Let the Holy Ghost come upon you. So the Spirit of God is the Spirit of grace. Amen. So he's saying this, also oh, so simple. He said, where sin abound, grace did much more abound. So with the Spirit, with the Spirit of grace, it becomes impossible for a man to walk again in sin. So it is God forbid. Someone say God forbid. Okay, maybe you don't get it. Okay, all right, so you've got to get it. So it's simple. It is illegal, yeah. God forbid. Someone say God forbid. Look at what it says in verse 14 that we read earlier. Go back to 14. 6, 14. It says, sin shall not have dominion over you because you are not under the law but you are under grace. It's simple. It means this, that when I walk into grace, I move from the dominion of sin into dominion of righteousness or the reign of the spirit. Amen. The law. Amen. Okay, so let's do it again. So we said out of the shadows, yeah? So look at Hebrews. So, we, we, we need to see this because this is going to be a series. But we just want to establish that power aspect of it. That the grace, when you say you are under grace, it does not mean I am useless or I am anyhow. That's a wrong mentality of grace. That I am anyhow. No. When I receive the spirit of grace, I receive empowerment. And this ability. So it is, that's the reason why somebody will say, ah, how come? Ah, this girl, this guy, he used to be like this. What has happened to me? I'm under grace. Are you going to try and say, yeah, the spirit of grace has abandoned unto me. This guy used to be like this. So it was very, very, he was a worse person, worse lady, worse guy. But now, where his or her sin has abounded, grace has abounded more. Amen. So when grace abounded more for you and you embrace it, Jesus Christ. Hey, he said it will be, he said you will be walking in the newness of life by the glory of the Father, which is grace. Are you going to try to say, yeah, look at what he says in John, John, great, John, 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 no, before we, we still go, go to Hebrew. John chapter 1, John 1, he says this, he says, for the law was given by Moses and grace and truth came through what? Look at it, John chapter 1 verse um, 17, he said, for the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus. Grace, someone said grace and truth. Grace and truth. The word truth there means reality. So grace and reality came through Jesus. The law was given by Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus. Are you following me, everybody? Yeah. 
you have to understand that. There's no dichotomy in this drama or in this story. It's not like, okay, there's are dichotomy. It's still one. It's just that when we're talking about this grace, I mean, this law thing, law was not, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten law. No. Amen. The, those who received the law, everybody, were the Israelites. We were idol worshippers. I was an idol. My family, I was not my dad. You know, yeah, they were. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. Yeah. And they did it well. So, for most of the Indian folks, you know, you know, you are also expert in it because some of us imported some gods from your side. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, we did. <laughs> Praise God. So, they, they, we are the idol worshippers. They received the law. Moses received the law. Moses did not receive the law for the world. He received the law for the people of Israel, and it was a good thing. Because, see, it's a, see let me say this to you, everybody. <laughs> Blessed is that nation. Blessed is that nation that had the precepts and the ordinances of God ruling them. Just imagine how privileged Israel was at that time. A whole nation. Out of all the world, they are the only nation that had the oracles of God, in the sense that they had the laws. I mean, it must have been so... They must have been very proud. You know, you understand what I'm trying to say. So, so it, it will be, that's the reason why, maybe, maybe, maybe I should tell some of us, except for a Jew, I mean, you were Israelite, I mean, by birth. We used to have one sister that was an Israelite here. Okay, yeah. But, but, but let's put that aside. You, I told us once here, you are that one, amen. You are. So don't, don't let us try to, don't try to be nice, you know, some of the where I am an Israelite now because you believe Jesus. You are deceiving yourself. You are not an Israelite. If you are in Nigeria, you are a Nigerian. If you are this, you are. The only thing you can say, you are a new creation. You are not a new Israelite. Anything. Is that, and I'm, you, know, uh, I, you know, I belong to Jerusalem. Which Jerusalem? <laughs> Amen. You don't belong to, you are from Nigeria or from India or from Georgia, wherever you're from, from Ghana, from Zimbabwe, from South Africa, whichever country you're from. Okay, this may be a little shocking for some of us. And say, ah, you know, we need to pray for uh, Jerusalem because yeah, we need to pray for Israel because they are fighting Philistine so that they will conquer Philistine you are, you are deceiving yourself <laughs> amen so that they will conquer Philistine so Philistine Philistine people amen they don't need Jesus Israel don't need Jesus yes okay okay I, I think I'm jumping I'm jumping <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 I'm jumping you know because we, we could have laid a foundation see everybody listen Listen up. You know, this is what we are saying here. You know, eh, say, we pray for Amen. Mm, mm. Okay. Amen. If any man is in so this is it before we move to that point. You were the person that David would have seen and say. You uncircumcised Nigerian. Maybe you didn't know. I don't, maybe, maybe you didn't know that Goliath was our brother. No, no, no. Let's think about it. I mean, when I'm our brother, I'm not literally saying that, okay, we are, I'm talking about outside of the commonwealth of Israel. Outside of that commonwealth of Israel, anybody else is an uncircumcised Philistine. So David would have come to, as much as we can read David's story and learn, the faithfulness of God. I'm talking about in the light of Christ. We, we, let's just see things now in the lens of Christ. That David would have looked at you and said, Oh, circumcised Philistine, who are you? Who are you to come and trade with us? Who are you to defy the armies of God? Why? Because we were outcast. We were outcast by what? What? See, by Adam. By Adam alone. Listen, by Adam alone. All men, through Adam's fall, all men became an outcast from God's promise. Now, because they are the oracle of God. That is what made them, you know, sanctified. Because they become a sanctified nation. Because they are the oracle of God. Because God was present there. And it was for a reason. Amen. Look at everybody. Everybody follow me. For example, for example. I have told us before. Only, only communion. Amen. The bread in only communion is normal agege bread. Okay? Or? Or better still, normal bread. 
Normal bread with flour, you mix it with water. But you call it holy communion. Why? Because you believe, okay, we believe, oh, we release the power of God, the spirit of God is upon it, holy communion. The other one, Zobo juice or whatever juice, because you release the power of God in Israel, it is holy. Are you getting what I'm trying to say here? So the nation of Israel, by, by virtue too, they were also old nation. They were, not, they were not aliens. They were normal from because the presence of God is there. The oracle of God is there. The ark of God's covenant is there. By shadow. By shadow. Not the real image, by shadow. Because it was an explanation. God is trying to explain something. So they said, well, we, we were. We were the chosen one. We were the, we were the person now. Amen. Look at, look at. Okay. Let's go to Galatians. So we just read it because out of the shadows. Someone say out of the shadows. Out of the shadows. I can't hear you say out of the shadows. Out of the shadows. Galatians and chapter Galatians chapter 3. I was trying not to read this Galatians but I keep coming there. Are you there? So look at Galatians 3. He said, oh foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes was Jesus, before whose eyes Jesus Christ has been evidently set forth and crucified among you. Now, look here, look here, look here. Now, what did he tell, what did he, told Jesus. Ah, English. What did he tell them here? He said what? Oh foolish. Why did he say Galatians were foolish? And let me put, let me read. I love the way Amplified Version put it. He said, oh foolish are all you foolish and thoughtless and superficial Galatians? Who has bewitched you that you should act like this? Now, he said thoughtless. And that was just senseless. Who said unreflecting, you see? Unreflecting Galatians. He says, oh foolish Galatians. Why did he say, oh foolish Galatians? It's not as if, you know, maybe they didn't give offering. Or maybe... Pastor, when pastor is coming, they say, hey, pastor, we bow before you. And all those you know, it's not because of that, though. It's simple. We're going to read it together now. It's simple because they had seen Jesus evidently set forth as crucified. After they received Jesus, they went back to the law of Moses. Amen. So they received Jesus. Look at everybody. Listen, listen, listen. Galatians were not Jews. So Galatians were people who never had the law. So, the, who had the law, everybody? Israel. So, Galatians, Nigerians, Indians never had the law of Moses. So, the only thing that they would have received was be, would have been the gospel alone. Like, somebody would have come to them, Jesus died for your sins. Oh, receive the Holy Ghost, and they received the Holy Ghost. Then after they received the Holy Ghost again, then some guys, amen, came, who had Jesus, but added Moses to it. I mean, added law to it. So, when they came, and they began to preach it, preach it, preach it. So the guy was concerned. Ah, oh, foolish Galatians. Look at it. Amen. Are we there? Yeah. See, before we get, before we even go to Galatians 3. Galatians chapter 2, verse 1. Can you start from there? Galatians chapter 2, verse 21. He said, I do not frustrate the grace of God. Now, don't forget, what is that grace? That grace is that ability. Remember, that grace is that empowerment that it is in Christ Jesus alone. That makes you to walk in dominion above sin, above weaknesses. It is not second chance. Grace is not second chance. Don't use dictionary meaning for grace. You must understand it in light of the gospel. Grace is what Jesus has done for us. Look at what he says. He says, I do not what? Frustrate the grace of God. For if righteousness had come by the Lord, then Christ died in vain. Are you following everybody? See, if righteousness. Is by the law. Because people were in the law of Moses. They had the law of Moses. If men were gaining righteousness by the law, then we could have, what they could have been spreading around would have been, see, the law, the law, and they make people proselyte. That's all. That would have been what they should have done. But they, they, they went about to preach the gospel with empowerment of the Holy Ghost. Why? Because you are going to be going to nations, to men who are burdened. <laughs> Men who have problems. Let me tell you, brothers and sisters, people have real problems in this life. I'm telling you, you have to think and you have to do it with love and compassion. People are going through stuff. Some people see, many, if many are going through stuff that they won't, they won't tell you because why would everybody be saying about their problem? 
Because they will tell your problem, there's nothing you can do about it. I repeat again, people have problems. Some people have been oppressed demonically. People have sin problems. People have demonic family problems. People have generational problems. There are problems, and it is not the law of Moses that will solve it. It is the grace of God. Because where those things abound, grace did much more abound. Because it comes with the glory of God. So that's why when you go to preach the gospel, you're not preaching law. You come to, just imagine how senseless this is. That I will go to preach somebody, somebody who is going through problem. I will not be telling you, yeah, why will you wear trousers as a lady? Are you getting what I'm trying to say here now? Ah, somebody is going through problem. And what I'm talking to the person is, why are you wearing gold earring? Don't you know? Are you getting what I'm trying to say here? Somebody is going through problem, and all I am concerned about is, ah, you wear tattoo. Your tattoo, ah, uh-uh, no, God will not like it because of tattoo. Are you getting what I'm trying to say here? I said this person is having problem. It's the gospel that he needs. The person needs grace. Grace is not second chance. Grace is power. Somebody, you are sleeping. Somebody is having nightmare. They are pressing you, pressing you every night. You don't need the law. What you need is what? Is grace. And don't forget, it is not what? Second chance. So that's why the guy said, who has bewitched you? Uh-uh. I'll look at it. Let's read. Let's read it. Galatians 3. He said, oh foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should, you should not obey the truth because before whose eyes Jesus Christ has been evidently set forth as crucified among you. This only would I learn of you. Did you receive the spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of it? Are you following everybody? He's telling them, oh, did you receive the spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of it? He said, are you so foolish? Amen. You know, I have changed. Amen. And I, and, I, and I love it. In the past, I tell people foolish, senseless. But as I begin to know, <laughs> we are in a generation of people cannot have, people cannot take that thing. <laughs> Amen. You, you ask somebody that's foolish. You have, you have denied, it's of course sometimes when you need to, you, you have denied the person of people receiving the, the truth. They say, ah, why will you call me foolish? I don't want to hear you again. <laughs> and you deny the person of hearing the truth. But, but in your mind, you know that this foolishness. Yes. I, you just didn't put words to it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Sometimes in your mind, you know, uh-uh, this is a foolish act. But sometimes you, you, are not, you have to be wise enough not to put words to everything. Are you going to try to say, yeah, there are times to keep short. There are times, of course, there are times when I know this person, I love this person so much, I say you are foolish. <laughs> Knowing that, no, no, you are foolish like, Paul did not say you are foolish. He just are you so foolish? It's a question. So, yeah, so, <laughs> amen. <laughs> but you, you, earlier he told them they are foolish. But, but he just, you know, that's when one of my friends said, I know it's a question I'm asking. You know? And my one guy told me, are you mad? I said, how could you say I'm mad? No, no, I didn't say you are mad. I said, are you mad? <laughs> and it's true, amen. It was a question. Then you now answer it. <laughs> yeah, no. But the person, that friend was, was a man of, you know, was, you know, it was, uh, <laughs> it's a, it was a man of God. And of course, that was the last time I, we, we had a relationship. <laughs> Amen. He said, are you so foolish? I haven't begun in the spirit. Are you not made perfect by the flesh? Now, jump to verse, verse uh, 8. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the earth is through faith, preached before the gospel to Abraham, saying, in, in in you shall all the nations be blessed. Now let's jump um, because of time. Verse 11. But that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God. It is evident that the just shall live by what? He said the law is not of faith. The law. Someone said the law. Is not of faith. It is true. The law is not of faith. So remember what the Bible says even in the New Testament. It says whatsoever is not of faith is sin. But don't let us even go there because of today's message. It's out of the shadow so that we stay. So today's, in, in the out of the shadow series, today's one we are doing, you are not under the law straight. So that's the topic. But it's the out of the shadows is a series. Okay? So he says this. He said the law is not of faith. Remember in Hebrews 11. Everybody, have you read Hebrews 11 before? 
Hebrews 11 says, by faith Abraham, by faith Abel, by faith Isaac, by faith, if I even say by faith, Moses ran. He left the riches of Egypt and went for, the Christ, for Christ's riches by faith. By faith, they parted the sea, but he never said by faith they received the law. And the law would have seemed one of the most important events in the Old Testament. Amen. But let's keep reading. So that's why he's saying that, he says, he says, the law is not of faith, but the man that doeth them shall live by them. is simple. That's true. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? So the one who does them will live by them. Praise God. The one who does them will live by them. Okay. Now, now, let's jump because of time. Jump to verse um, 17. This I say then, that the covenant which was confirmed before God in Christ, the law, which was 430 years of afterward, cannot disannul. So we're just trying to establish this, that the law came 430 years after Abraham received the promise. So the law never preceded the promise. But that's not today's teaching. But let's jump to Hebrews that we said we should go earlier. Hebrews. We'll continue the series. It's a series. So there's no need to rush and to squeeze ourselves into the time. Hebrews and chapter 11. Are you there? Verse 1. Hebrews 11 verse 1. He says, now, no, no, no. Ah, did I say Hebrews 11? Hebrews 10, sorry. Hebrews 10. He said, for the law, amen. He said, for the law, having a shadow of good things to come, and not the very image of those things, can never with those sacrifices offered year by year, continually make the commas thereunto perfect. So the law had a shadow of things to come. Colossians 2. So that's the Colossians chapter 2. Amen. Now, look at what it says there. So don't forget, everybody. Ah, so many things to read. So, we are not under the law. When Christ redeemed us, amen, he took us out of that law of Moses. Of course, we are, remember what we read now, Colossians, um, uh, Colossians 2 verse, let's do, um, let's do from verse 13. And you being dead in your sins and on circumcision of your flesh, are still quickened together with him, having forgiven you how many trespasses, everybody? This is grace. Amen. This is grace. You know, we said what we were supposed to read in, Roman, in Hebrews 10 earlier. He says, the law having a shadow of good things to come. Remember? He says, can never with those sacrifices which they offer year by year. He's speaking of those shadows. He said, the law having a shadow. The sacrifices which they offer year by year can never cleanse the worshiper. Let me say this. This is not uh, about oratory or talking anything. It's simple. Those who came to worship, okay, in the law, he says after they kill the animals and they live, they live with conscience and the guilt of sin. Still. Amen. So let me say this, everybody. Listen up. Guilt of sin is spiritual. It's not by being stubborn. You know something where I have done it, I have done it. It's a lie. Are you trying to say? You say, I don't care. Hmm. Be deceiving yourself. The guilt is a spiritual, it's spiritual, it's not psychological. You say you've done it, it's there. Except that person's conscience has not it's been seared without iron. And that's what the gospel does. When you bring the gospel, the gospel convicts you of sin. Convict you. As the, you, you, the gospel is being presented, you see the weight of it the more. That, ah, I need a savior. It's, it's problem sin is spiritual. It's not, of course, there's action too. There's action to it, okay? But I'm talking about even if you have not lied in your life, people suffer the burden and the guilt of sin. Guilt of somebody, ordinary one thing he did 10 years ago, their guilt. Ordinary one maybe stole pencil. Or if he forgot to return matches. 
When he was in secondary school, I remember. Um, I wish to get everybody here. Guilt is spiritual. And the only thing that can take the guilt out is the blood of Jesus. And that is grace. So that's why it says the worshippers, even in those sacrifices, could not, could not take away the guilt of sin. Are you getting what I'm trying to say here? Because they were under the shadows. Colossians, and I'll round up with this, by God's grace. Colossians 2. Amen. Are you there? He said, bury with him in baptism. Okay. You who are dead in sins and are quickened together and forgiven you all trespasses. Verse 14. Blotting out what? The all the handwritings of ordinances now, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. Now, what is the handwriting of the ordinances? You know, when we when we're coming from when we're young, we used to go to church and say, every handwriting of ordinances against us. Lord cancel, cancel, cancel. The, you know, the thing is that the concept is this, we taught. That the handwriting he was talking about is maybe the enemy is writing something about your life separately. So you now do a separate interpretation. Are you getting what I'm trying to say here? The, the concept, the writer, let me say this. The Bible will not mean something different from what the writer meant when he was writing it. I mean, it will not mean something today. It will not mean something different today than what it meant. So there's no, it's not as maybe there's one big revelation. You know, someone said, well, when you look this side, it looks like a mountain. When you look this side, it's one thing. You are looking at the gospel. The gospel is whole. Am I communicating to us here? So this is it. The handwriting, just to help us a little bit, because we're going to extend next week. The handwriting of the ordinances that was written against us was talking about the law, the law of Moses, because it comes with ordinances. Okay? He said the handwriting. I don't know if I'm preparation put it in here. Did he say anything? Um, what do you want? What did he say? Yes. Ordinances. So you see that one? They explain it. Amen. Praise God. <laughs> now look at it. I love the way I'm trying put it. He said, haven't canceled out the certificate of debt. Yes. Consisting of legal demands which were enforced against us and which were hostile to us and this certificate he has set aside and completely removed by nailing it to his cross. Now, the next 15. 15 is the other one that we used to pray. Having spoiled principalities and power, he made a show of them openly triumphant over them in cross, on the cross. Verse 16. Everybody let us read 16. Want to go? Let, let no man judge you in meat or in drink or in respect to the holy day or the new moon or the Sabbath day. You know, somebody, I remember I told us one time, somebody, when I was a minister, and somebody said, ah, Pastor Nifer, you see, we are going from church, and I, we saw, I saw, uh, that was in Nigeria, and we saw people, you know, selling things. Uh, Pastor Nifer, can you imagine, on a Sabbath day, these people, I, 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 you don't even know where to begin, because Sabbath itself is not even Sunday. It's Saturday. Are you going to try to say? So, I, I later, I, I, I just said, Sabbath is Saturday, now, not Sunday. Okay. So, if we are supposed to even do the law, where? Then on Sabbath, on Saturday, make everybody just day. So, and the thing about the law is this. When you fail in one, you are failed in all. Okay? Today, we are not going extensively into how we fail, but I'm just saying, I'm just picking things. I am trying to say here, the emphasis of today's meeting is to make us understand that, see, we we have moved out of the shadows, which is the law, we have now in the image. Look at it. Let's keep reading because of time. Let's keep reading. Which are what? Shadows of things to come. But the body is Christ. But we are no more under the law. The Bible says sin shall not have dominion over you because you are not under the law. You are under grace. So we are heart of the shadows. And the grace of God is the power of God. The grace of God is the glory of God. It's the spirit of God. And that's what we have received. You have received grace. Hallelujah. The Bible says of his fullness have we received what? Grace for grace. Remember that scripture? It says of his fullness have we received grace for grace. That's what makes you different. That's what makes us different. Not because oh, you know how to calculate or do better. No, no, no. It's the grace of God. Someone say grace of God. Say the power of God. Say I've received grace in the name of Jesus. Open your mouth and thank God. Bless the name of the Lord. Thank him. Say I've received grace. 
Say, I've received grace. And I want to agree by faith for those who are sick in their body, for those who have some situations, some, some challenge in their life. I want to agree with you by faith. You don't need to come out, but I want all, I want everybody to rise on their feet while we do this prayer in the next two minutes. Amen. I want everyone to rise on their feet. Librado God does the impossible. It is the grace of God. The Bible says God has given you all things that pertain to life and godliness. He said by this promise, you will be able to, you know, to rule, to, to dominate by these promises. He has given you dominion. So I bring the grace of God to you this morning. I don't know whatever you are going through. I don't know what the problem may be. The doctor might have diagnosed you and said this is the situation. I bring the grace of God to you this morning. In the name of Jesus, I release healing to your body. In the name of Jesus. I can't hear your amen. In the name of Jesus. I bring deliverance to you by the grace of God, by the spirit of Christ. I bring deliverance to you this morning in the name of Jesus. It may be nightmare. It may be some situation that they said it can never turn around. Today while we are praying, I heard my spirit turning point. Turning point, turning point for many years today. In the name of Jesus, what, what they have said, it is impossible. There's a turning point for you. In the name of Jesus, the grace of God is doing it now. In the name of Jesus, all your labors, all your hard work in your family, all the years that you think has been lost, I bring restoration to you. This morning, in the name of Jesus, it's a turning point for you. In the name of Jesus, Father, we glorify your name. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Come on, let's pray for the pastor. Let's pray for pastor as we're just standing. Let's pray for pastor.